0: This program contains strong language, from the Offset. yeah! Don't
1: be alarmed, we're Negroes! Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes!
2: Hey, welcome to Don't Be Alarmed. We're Negroes. I'm your host, E-Mitch, E-Mizzle, a.k.a. Slice Boogie. And on the other side, we've got my brother, the beige brother, beige number brother number three. We got Sugar. How you feeling?
3: I feel great. As you know, it's, uh, we're still in Black History Month. This is our second episode of our, of our uh, wonderful podcast, and we're bringing it to you in the month of February. How better can it get? Yes, indeed. So what what are we going to cover today? Today, we're going to cover the previous Waste Management Open. Uh, we're going to also talk about the Saudi uh, International Tournament. And then we're going to get to the, a- uh, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We're also going to get to some, uh, some additional topics today about goats and sports, golf rules and etiquette um, of the week, uh, the golf cocktail of the week. Um, we're going to cover a, a, a great documentary called Muni um and talk about golf diversity and then we're going to get into some of our favorites uh the golf song of the week and then what we are hating on and then we're going to get to the back nine and close out the show
2: oh nice well before we get to that you know everyone likes to look good on the course so let's hear from one of our sponsor golf gents
0: We all need practice. So we're not practicing style. Golf Gents has the dopest gear for the weekend golfer. From the Wasted hat line to the Masters line, Golf Gents has you covered. For being a friend, of don't be alarmed. Use code WASTED and receive 20% off your order. Head on over to www.golfgents.com.
2: Awesome. Golf Gents look good on the course. All right. Now, joining us today on the show. Returning for his second bout on the show is my cousin, a.k.a. Dom for the Ladies, a.k.a. Baby Wearing Red, Lady in Red, Mr. Bacardi Coke himself. Booger, what's happening, fam?
4: You know, just trying to keep it sexy as usual. (laughs) That's all I can do. How are you guys doing today?
2: Pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Always, always. And then on... The right of me, my friend from college, the craziest Negro I've known, uh, Mr. Miami, Mr. Pop Your Collar on the Course, Mr. Russian Lover himself, Vicious Vishnu Mitchell. Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, What's happening? What's happening? Thanks for having me on the show.
2: Word. So, Vish, so the the crowd doesn't really know you, Our, our audience doesn't really know you um how'd you get into the game of golf
1: they don't know me how do you not know me i, I mean like everybody everybody should know me right
3: <laughs> okay i feel <laughs> well, you, you are on this show so you got to tell us who you are and you know
1: no nah, no nah, i'm kidding i'm kidding no absolutely um how did i get into golf well um goodness gracious i must have been like 19, 20 years old, and my girlfriend at the time, her dad was a golf professional, and he was like, you look athletic. Um, I was a little bit more round in those days. I was a chunkier monkey back then, uh, but he gave me a, a pair of clubs that he picked up on a golf course, um, you know, the the throwaways that people left behind uh, at, a, at a little golf course here in Colorado called uh, Raccoon Creek, and, and I got out there, and I just started chopping at it.
2: Nice. Um, who's your favorite golfer?
0: Uh,
1: my favorite golfer? I'm. It'd have to be Vijay Singh. Cause I feel like he kind of hails from pretty close to my Indian roots. Cause you know, the name like Vishnu, you gotta like keep it, keep it on the bottle.
2: <laughs>
1: Yikes!
2: <laughs> you wild. <laughs> you a wild, wild. one. <laughs> <You> wild. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm keeping it in the family, man. I'm keeping it in the family.
2: Hey, what's Bobby, your? Uh, he's
1: a great golfer, though, too, man.
2: He it, he is. He's oh, a man. he's a great golfer. Hey, what's uh, your nice f- man as well? What's I your have a question? F- Yo, oh, go ahead, Booger. Uh-oh.
4: This new is that like your real government name, or you? I mean,
1: well, you, no, I didn't convert to Allah and pick up the name. Like, well, no, like funny.
4: some people, you your name could be one thing, and then you change it to another thing. And
1: no, no, this is this is one hundred percent real. From from the day I came into the into the world. Uh, They were like, we'll name this one Vishnu. Um, My family, my heritage book is, uh, my mom's from Jamaica, but her family is from India. And then my dad is from uh, Savannah, Georgia. So he's from the United States. And I think, I don't know, maybe for a couple of days, I was baby Mitchell. And the doctor was like, why don't you name him Vishnu? It's a Hindu God. It's a good birth wish. Um, It's a lot to live up to. Let me tell you. And that's why I asked what does it have a meaning to it? Yeah, it does. Um, it's a Hindu god. It's part of a triad of gods, Vishnu, Brahma, Shiva. Most people know Brahma because they think of the rock, mm-hmm. Brahma bull. Uh, some people even know Shiva. If you watch Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, They pray to the gods, Shivalinga. It's actually little known fact. The word thug comes from thuggies, and thuggies were worshippers of Shiva. Ah. Uh, and then Vishnu. Vishnu is the preserver, the, uh, the preserver of life, the person that kind of kept it all together. We'll so get you, you, you smart and a Russian slayer <laughs> <laughs> No
4: doubt
2: <laughs> Um. So while we're sitting here You know we like to have a few cocktails And uh, feel good and, and record And so uh, this week The golf drink of the week Is the Booga Bacardi special So Booga run us through how you make this So it's really the Booga sugar So you know and it's a basic drink,
4: Bacardi and Coke. Um, my choice of Bacardi is really Oak Heart. And you, I usually do a 50 50 blend of Bacardi and Coke. Put out those some raspberries in there and a cinnamon stick. Mix it up well. Let that cinnamon stick dissolve while you drink, and you and Bugger should have heaven. Oh.
1: That sounds very festive for the holidays. <laughs> Dang, <here laughs> it is. <laughs> and every day
4: should be a holiday. So. <laughs>
3: <All> right. <laughs> If you get lit, you might have to acquit. Let <laughs> <laughs> <never> me <know>, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um,
2: so now that we got our drinks, let's talk about a little golf etiquette. And this week's subject is the way we dress on the course. So um there are a bunch of non-acceptable things. That should not be worn on the course Um, Like sports shorts Jeans Jeggings Leotards Training shoes Cargo pants, cargo shorts Um, And then you're supposed to have your shirt tucked in And all those things So how do you guys dress? Let's, let's go to you, Booga. How do you dress and how do you, what do you think about the, uh, dress rules for golf?
4: Well, I think dress rules are great. Me, myself, you know, I try and stay fashionably, fashionably inclined, keep it hood, but up to date and sexy as well. Always got a different pair air max, 90 golf shoes, different colors. Um, yeah college shirt tucked in um i usually wear some shorts if san diego because it's hot if not my my pants are always i match i keep it coordinate gotta coordinate (laughs) make sure it's good to go and you know always a hat never go without a hat because can't get that sunburn on the dome can't have it happen
2: that's true What, what about you vish
1: Um, well, you know, I think I I like to wear bright colors. Um, I not only like to be seen, I like to be heard. I'm also not the tallest cat in the world. So uh, if you can see me coming and you can hear me coming, you're not going to miss me. Um, I usually wear shorts when I'm out there. I do coordinate. I like the bright colors. Um, I was looking at the PGA rules for this and the PGA rules actually aren't very directive. They just say that you need to look neat. Um and and be kept more than anything,
3: nice and uh, neat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I try to keep in that. And then again, I think I said this earlier: is that my uh, my father in law was a golfer, and we would golf we would golf all the time. So when we got out on the course, you kind of had to keep it tight.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, I go out there, and there are some courses where you can have your shirts untucked. So sometimes i'm a fan of that it just depends and sometimes it comes untouched by the big power swing that i have um but um i do enjoy rocking mm-hmm. all the um the nike tennis shoes that have have come out as a golf version jordan has really upped its game on that and uh it's just not not to be boring right like not the same khaki shorts and the no. white and brown buster brown golf shoes and stuff like that like golf is changing a little bit and you can see it right so you look at the ladies fashion you look at the men's fashion like how many um golf fashion brands are now on instagram like with crazy colors and gear and stuff
3: yeah there's a lot i mean i think for me i mean i think that's that's what i'm looking for is to try to you know to to be fashionable but at the same time practical i think um, you know, we don't need to have the Brooks brothers, the brothers Brooks out there on the golf course, <laughs> but I think what you should do is try to be presentable. I mean, I think that I think if you look good, um, you know, you're gonna play better too. And I mean, I, I mean, we've all seen Happy Gilmore. You don't want to go out there looking like a slob, man. You want to go out there and and you want to when you hit that good shot, you want the you want a cast to be looking at you and be like, man, where did where did he get where did you know, where did he get his stuff at? Now, that's oh. that's where people want to get is you know, where they're asking you where you got your stuff at. I got mine from nerdy gentlemen. Exactly.
1: The nerdy gents right here. I do
3: have a question though.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: So
4: why is there a double standard? So women, and I know the answer, but I want to take y'all's take on it. Women get to wear the shorts and the tennis skirts, but men have to wear slacks. Book, are you saying you want to wear skirts out on the course? No, I, no I'm just saying in a professional life, in a professional life, they don't get to wear shorts during tournament time, but women can.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think, I think if, if you're, look to me, I think you, you should be an individual. If you want to wear shorts, I'm a, I'm a strong proponent of shorts. It's, it's usually a hotter game. And if you're going to be out there in the, in, you know, where the elements are hotter, why not be able to be more comfortable? That's the way I see it. I don't know about what, what, what do y'all think?
1: I've, no, I feel you on that, Bug. Like, the the fact that the, the men have to, to wear the long pants where the women get to wear short – or get to wear – have to wear skirts. Actually, do they even get to wear shorts during tournaments?
4: Yeah, shorts, skirts, and pants. They get to choose.
1: They get to choose. From. You know, I think there's a lot of carryovers in the game of golf. I mean, I know we're talking about um, – Mooney a little bit later today, but there are a lot of carryovers from an olden time where, you know, there was a decorum, there was a certain way they carried themselves, which wasn't really accepting to anything other than what what white America was doing, right? So this notion of being able to branch out and, and bring in other cultures or even just, when I say cultures, I'm not just talking about your ethnicity, but I'm saying even stylistic cultures, like that's relatively new to the sport.
3: Well, but I mean, the one thing I do see, though, is like you see a lot more of the pros wearing regular tennis shoes that are cleated. Yes. Like you see a lot more of that now these days. And you see that the, the sneaker game has actually kind of reared its, you know, kind of paved its own way into golf. And I think that's only going to continue to grow.
1: Whatever happened with uh finale? When he wore uh, Kobe's jersey, didn't he play a tournament in Kobe's jersey?
2: Yeah, that was a waste management on 16. So, you, you know, they're really lax on that. And Kobe had just passed. And so, you know, it it is what it is, you know, during during that weekend. But you got to think about this. Ricky Fowler, you know, he he started it, right? Really, like, if you look at the bright colors coming into golf, like, Tiger was kind of boring, you know, wearing oversized pants, oversized shirts, everything like that, standard colors. And here comes Ricky bringing this dirt bike attitude out there with bright orange, Puma gear and everything, flat bill hat, right? Cause everybody curved they, they joints, right? Like yeah, put a yeah. can yeah. under there with a, with a rubber band back in the day or whatever. So everyone was out there with them folded, folded brims and Ricky comes out there with that flat bill. So I think it kind of started there. And it loosened up because now you got Phenal and Rory. Nike's making all kind of crazy stuff for those guys. And so um, it would be nice if they could wear shorts um, when it comes to being in these hot ass places and they're sweating. Like if they can wear them during practice rounds, why not during the other time? Especially people want to see Phil's calves, you know?
4: No, they don't. <laughs> but I, I was thinking more of the sexist line because people want to see ladies' legs and stuff, but it's they're in a sport, so why should they do anything different? I mean, get treated different than men. So, everybody should wear shorts if you want to, or pants, wear what you want, as long as you, like you said, this presentable and the right etiquette, then you should be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I have an interesting story there. I was, uh, I was playing a very like a top five golf course in the world uh, wing foot uh, a couple years ago. And I remember th- this whole etiquette thing carries beyond just being on the course. So like I walked in, I got my flip flops on, I got my hat on and I'm just chilling and, you know, I walk into the clubhouse and, and you know, you see the lockers of the greats. It was kind of overwhelming in a lot of ways to see all the stuff out there. And I remember walking in uh, to the locker room, putting my stuff down and getting ready to leave. And, uh, the, the locker room attendant was like, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, you, no flip-flops in the clubhouse. And, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't no flip-flops. It was like no hats, no hats in the clubhouse. I was like, oh, no, my bad, you know, I don't know the rules, right? So I take my hat off. I go put it in the locker. I go to walk out. I got my flip-flops on. He's like, oh, excuse me, sir. As I'm getting ready to walk out, no, no flip-flops in the clubhouse. And I was like, oh, can I wear, can I wear my spikes? He's like, that's okay. But you can't wear your flip-flops in the, in the clubhouse. I was like, "Am I allowed to wear my flip flops in the shower? Like, what? What am I allowed to do? Can I get a rule book before I leave this yeah. joint?"
3: Mm-hmm. Black I you know, have house shoes, man, in the shower. That's for sure.
1: I was, I, I was ready to have my fuzzy slippers on. I was excited.
3: <laughs> Not them prison flip flops. Just no, I mean,
1: no, yeah, no.
0: Okay. no. <laughs> <It was laughs> you, cool
3: you just need some slides, man. Just in the shower. <laughs> Yeah, man, you don't know what's on that shower
1: flow at all. But, you know, with all that said, though, I think there's there's something to be said about, like, they have such a level of discipline and such a level of reverence for the sport that, that they really hold everybody kind of to this one standard. Right. And so like, if you're going to be here, if you're going to be in the space, this is what we look like. This is how we operate. So to a certain extent, I, I think the game should change or should elevate with the with the culture and the folks that are coming into the space but at the same time there's something to be said about discipline and and respecting the institution that is there
2: keeping the same values those true values right now is it okay to bend bend some of those things right like being able to wear shorts or be fashionable and and wear these kind of things you know because there there are times out there where People are like, oh, maybe that's just a little too much. Like golf is, you know, has been a stuffy sport for a while. So, yeah. you
0: but know. you see, it's
4: changing. You yeah, see, it's true. changing. So you can, those rules are bending. Ricky Fowler with all the colors, um, waste management, how they get wild and crazy. Even the players, not just the fans, they pump you up. So you
3: see the things change, and it continue. It will continue to do the same thing. I think with just like any other, you know, you're starting to see kind of in other sports too, you're starting to see that the younger generation is taking over and things are changing, right? So I think golf is gonna be the same thing. Um when I look at some of the younger golfers, you know, they're they're hanging out, you know, they, they look like California kids, man. They look like surfer cats, you know, with their their hair hanging out underneath underneath the you know, their their unfolded brims. So I think You know, I I think it's just going to change over time. And, and, you know, just like any other sport, it's just going to continue to get younger. And I agree.
4: It's just going to be a little bit slower because golf is such a predominantly rich white sport. So when the younger crowds come in, it takes a little bit longer for them to accept that change.
3: Yeah, I think the more the more stadiums that they build at golf courses, I think all this changes.
2: True.
1: What? Hey, I'm faultily challenged as are many folks on here, so the long hair thing isn't working for me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mine's voluntary, not by force or nature. <laughs> I
1: was saying, like, you
3: usually see, like, the, like, you would never see golfers with their hair hanging over the front of their hats. Yeah, like, Ricky would, Fallon, like, when he first
4: came out, it was yeah. crazy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but it was, it would always be like combed back if they were wearing a hat. Like, it, it, there's, you, you're starting to see, things slow like you said you know um but like it's it's, it's changing over time
1: yeah i mean if john daly can have his belly hanging out the front of his shirt <laughs> i should be able to have the hair hanging out the front of my hat that's all i'm saying
4: as long as you don't show the cheaper meat on your chest we'll yeah. be okay
3: <laughs> just put the gold chain over the naps mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: next subject yeah well now that we uh Um, we've
2: we've talked about a little taco meat and gold chains you know uh let's switch over to um who are the goats in sports so tom brady just won his seventh ring and uh that's more than jordan um he's been the most dominant quarterback and is seen as as such um, he has the respect of his, his peers and colleagues and, um, just even everybody, LeBron saying goat talk on Twitter and everything like that. Um, so what do you guys quantify as a goat? Because there's a lot of standards out there. And do you think Brady is the goat of all sports golf? Is he more of a goat than tiger? Um, you know, all these things. What do you think?
3: I mean, I, I will say, I think the, the definition of goat was just rewritten on Sunday. Um, anytime that you can go up and be that great for that long amount of time, I think you are the goat. Um, I mean, it's hard for me to say that because I'm a Broncos fan and I don't want to see Tom Brady ever win anything, but I have to give it to him. I mean, I, I, he won more than, than anybody else, and he did it with the most craziest circumstances. So, I think, to me, I think that it was just rewritten.
0: That boy is good. And,
3: and I have to agree to an extent. I'll give Tom Brady the GOAT when
4: it comes to football. He's the GOAT of football, and we leave it there. He's won the most championships in football, good to go. And he was a – I mean, we all seen this combine tape. The dude ran a, a 10 8 40. And look lost doing it. So I'll give him <laughs> that. But That's why he's better. when you talk about the GOAT of sports, and you mentioned Jordan, Tiger, all those, you're being sublime and limited to your mind. Because if we want to talk GOATs, I know a guy who played 13 season, won 11 championships in the name of Wilt Chamberlain. Nobody mentioned his name. That's a GOAT. If we, because GOAT is considered the championships you won, what you done? Bill Russell. Bill, I mean Bill Russell. I mean, uh, and nobody's won more championships than him. So if you're gonna say GOAT, then compare, put him at the top of the list, and work your way down from there.
0: Hold on, but but, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say it's kind of an interesting statement, right? Because we're talking about what it takes to be successful in one sport that's not necessarily the same thing as it takes to be successful in another sport so if we were to say is is tom brady the goat of all sports i'm going to say actually no i will definitely give him a hundred percent to go and i didn't want to give it to him i felt like there were better quarterbacks that have been on the football field before and there will probably be some that are after but at this stage he's won it across teams across generations like he's Players. done that. <laughs> but if you're going to start giving someone the goat title and from a from us all sports standpoint then you've got to start talking about okay well is it a deon sanders forget the forget the fact that he didn't have all the championships but he was successful in multiple sports or you'd have to give it to a Bo jackson who was successful Bo. in multiple sports or maybe even you go to the track and field spaces where you're talking about the decathletes which are like are top of the charts in 10 sports all in one shot like That's how I think. If you're going to give somebody the goat of all things, you have to be good at all things.
3: Or who's saying your space? Right. You. I mean, there's a lot of great. You know, there's a lot of greats that don't get talked about in in other spaces too. But I mean, I I, again, I think when you look at popular sports and the conversation, it's always it's it's Jordan, it's LeBron, and then it's Kobe, Um, and then it's usually after that, it's quiet. Right,
4: yeah, but we're we're now generation and have been for a long time. We think of the now and right now it starts with Jordan and goes past that. Like like we talked about Jordan didn't start basketball, but we only think from Jordan. And after that, not nothing before that. <laughs> I mean, we never say, OK, no one compared Jordan. Well, a little bit to magic, but you don't. It's not a common thing. It's like Kobe to Jordan, LeBron
3: to Kobe to Jordan. Tom Brady, to, yeah, it's, it's just different, different genres, different. right? I mean, because yeah. I would like what, just, to, just to give you all an example, man. I would always get into arguments with my my dad and my uncles about like their greats compared to our greats. Because when I was growing up, it was you know it was the it was the Michael Jordan, it was the it was you know um, I would even throw like Barkley in that kind of era, you know. And I would always get into it with them because it was for them, it was you know, you didn't see George Gervin play. You didn't see Wes un- Unsail play. You know, you didn't see uh, Michael Thompson play. So for me, uh, you know, I it, it that's why I always, you got to put it into perspective, right?
2: Well, you know, I think about that, right? But as I have my son growing up and playing basketball and stuff like that, they know who Jordan is. They didn't see him play, but Kobe had an impact on him. And LeBron is the man, right? And then you got KD and everything. So it's just a cycle, right? And... So it, it'll it continue to be that cycle because, like, I heard about the Alex Englishes and the Fat Leavers and, you know, you hear about Larry Bird and Magic and Kareem and all those. And we got to see them on their tail end of their career, right, like the very end. And then we get to – we, you know, we brought in Shaq, you know. We grew up watching Shaq play, Kobe play, um, all those things like that. So, I mean, it's – I think it's all in who's – Who's watching, but you have to look at the measurement of accolades, right? So everyone puts Jordan up there as a goat because he has six rings, right? And they seem to bypass the older gentlemen that have more rings than them, right? And then it's usually Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, and it goes down that lineage. So what is the measurement? Like is it just is it because of the total impact that they're having on the sport? Like, you know, he brought in the the dunk and the tennis shoes and breaking the rules and being banned as Jordan and that's why it's it's a overall package or are we looking at the rings as most people are are measured like when they go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame?
4: And that's the hard part and I think if you if you take just the championships, then you can't take the older linearies that won more in sports, period. But if you take culture and all that, I give it to Jordan. But Jordan didn't do anything besides championships more than anybody else did. I mean, people still wear Chucks. He's people Chucks is still selling just like Jordan's are selling. I mean, but if you think changing a whole culture of a sport and the popularity, you have to go with Tiger Woods. I, I, you have to say, okay, if you look at golf from where it started, then when Tiger came in, there are more minorities as a whole that are visibly known in golf and us alone play so much more than we did before Tiger came out.
3: But and I would go, you got to say... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Reg. I would put Kobe on that same stage, though, because when you look at the impact that – so I'm not saying that Tiger – I agree with you. I think Tiger Woods changed the game of golf at a time when it needed to change. And I think Kobe did the same thing for basketball. I think Kobe, you know, when you go out and you look at all the people that he influenced from people in Spain to China to, you know, New Zealand, Cats was – I mean, New, New Zealand, man. I mean, there's not a lot what about of- Ivan
4: Iver- Allen Iverson, man. That was yeah, my Alan next Iverson. one.
3: I mean, that's the <laughs> next one. I mean, I think those there are people that transcend sports. And and I think you have to look at them differently. But if we are talking about if we're talking about that championship grit and grade, I think that there are certain people that that have something different than the mm-hmm. others. True. You,
1: you know, it's, it's interesting that you'd say that. But by all accounts, Michael Jordan took basketball and made it an international sport. Like before, before Tiger was on the scene, VJ said we talked about VJ saying briefly at the very, very beginning, like it was already in Singapore. It was already in Fiji. There were already other characters from other countries that were engaged in the, in the, in the game of sport. Now, I will say this: I think Tiger Woods made golf accessible in a socioeconomic space, lower down the, down the, down the spectrum. Whereas with Michael Jordan, it was ratcheting up the spectrum and then also out as well. No, uh, I, in those spaces.
4: I agree with that, but would you say, okay, Tiger made accessible for lower, which brings in more people. Jordan didn't bring in more people. I mean, people were playing basketball. I've been in a lot of countries before Jordan came out. Iverson cornrows. You you see so many different countries back in the day that had cornrows when Iverson came out. The answer, it was Jordan. I can't say Jordan did more for basketball than Kobe, than LeBron, than Shaq, than Iverson. I can't put that there besides his shoe, the highest selling shoe. That's it. Just he got more posters because he was winning all those champions in time, but he didn't make a bigger impact to the culture of basketball. As a whole, than any of those other
1: players, to me. No, that's fair. I just—it's one thing when you're in China and the little Chinese baby is saying, "I didn't have my A game today," versus running around <laughs> with his tongue out trying to dunk on his mama with the rice bowl. Like,
4: see, you went too far. <laughs> yeah, you—you you out there with that one? You had the rice bowl. You went too far.
1: I thought we said this wasn't PG. i just—it's not. It's, it's not. not. I
4: mean. He couldn't have been like an egg roll layup or
1: something. I hate all cultures. That's just me.
2: Well, I mean, and Michael Jordan had people. So what's the the one thing that is a staple? Sometimes I dream that he is me. That was everywhere, right? Like everywhere. Everywhere. And then what solidified it to me with Jordan was the uh, dream team. Like that was the passing of the torch, right? Because, but you said passing of the torch, which means it had to be somewhere else first. Yeah, but did did Magic had a a great influence on the game because he was tall? He was a great point guard, could dish, could score. No he one ever saw it. He played every position,
3: but he, but he didn't have the excitement that Mike brought. Well,
4: Come I, on, I give you that. But if you, if you talk dream team, good. if you talk dream team, what's the one thing everybody remembers about the dream team? Vince Carter dunking on everybody,
2: or that Shaquille O'Neal got left off (laughs) in favor of Christian Laettner.
0: I mean, but Christian Laettner
1: was the number one college basketball player at the time. It wasn't Shaq. He made
4: one shot. Exactly one shot shot against North Carolina. Hey,
1: no, because he looked like the rest of America. Not the drink
4: team, America. <laughs>
1: I'm and just saying, scared. it was easier to sell Christian Leitner than it was Shaquille. O- easy to sell Shaquille O'Neal now, right? I mean, if we're if we're if we're calling it true turkey, it's easy to sell a Shaq now. But back then, it wasn't easy to sell Shaq. What do we have yeah, the Blue Even Chips were. movie? They were and scared that's what it took to humanize that dude. <laughs> they were scared of Shaq. And they were scared of we're scared yeah, yeah. a big black dude. Yeah. But they the had Larry black Bird. Dude. He was like, "Oh was Larry, a that's Goliath." Larry
3: Bird, John Stockton, they had they had other cats. But I, I get, I understand what you're talking about in terms of you know trying to market a younger, you know, white college player to be on that team. I definitely get it. But was Shaq more talented? We all know what the answer
2: to that.
1: Well, yeah, of course.
2: Just more
3: course. dominant.
1: Look at the, look at their careers. Not their so the wait, 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 wait. Christian Christian probably made more field, field. throws.
3: He might have made more free throws. Christian he, Leitner played in the NBA? Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: he, he for
4: did. for the
1: Minnesota Timberwolves.
4: No, I said, did he play or did he watch?
1: <laughs> no, he started. Yeah. He played? He started for the Timberwolves.
3: For and he played for Atlanta, too, didn't he?
1: That might have been at the end of his career.
3: Hey,
2: man, he, he <laughs> got I a check. His
3: career
1: started at the end.
3: <laughs> all I know is it doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't
3: matter. You know that Christian Leitner is not a goat at <laughs> oh, all. it's
1: good. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, again, right? Like the, the name of the podcast, right? Is don't be alarmed, Negro. It's like the the reality of it is, the game, all of the games, right? Whether it be football, that probably happened a number of years ago. Basketball happened a number of years ago. Um, but hockey, golf, tennis, with the Venus and uh, Venus and Serena. Uh, what's the name of the new little black girl that's playing right now? That's just kind of a beast and a half. Oh
4: yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: All of these sports are starting to change, and I don't necessarily, again, for. For mainstream culture, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just it's more inclusive. Accessibility. The,
4: Accessibility.
1: I think I think the the, the Christian Laettner versus Shaq. Like, I don't know that I would have picked Shaq Van either. There probably were other basketball players, uh, Grant Hill or somebody like that that you could have gone with. But the reality of it is, Christian Laettner looked like the rest of America, and they wanted right? to not that. my America per se but the rest of what America really wanted to see. They weren't going to run from Michael Jordan. You couldn't, right? You couldn't run from Magic Johnson. Couldn't run from Charles Barkley. These were the biggest personalities in the world at the time. But you needed something, right? Let me go grab Christian Leitner and throw him out here. And he was good. It wasn't like they picked a bad player. He was the college basketball player, in all of the college
3: basketball at the time. We'd have to look up the stats on the dream team and to see how many points he actually scored. Well, and,
2: and that year I think they beat Duke did beat the Fat Five.
4: Okay, but that
3: was called the timeout. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and they had other people on that Duke
3: squad other than Christian Leitner. Exactly. Laidner.
4: Christian Leitner. Oh, uh, Christian Leitner got the love because of that one shot. Right. Bobby Hurl. What, what was his name? You, Bobby Hurley. Bobby he, Hurley. He was better than Christian Leitner, bro.
3: They had Grant Hill and then they had um they had some other cats on that team was decent. Eric,
2: you would know, him, you know. Yeah, it's good. But all I gotta say is that boy was good, man. That boy's good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, you know, that that was a, a good discussion on the goats and everything. So um let's take a little break. You know, we're getting famished and uh we're a little hungry. Um, we want to get some vittles. So uh let's hear from may I personal personal chef <laughs>
0: good eats but hate the preparation may I personal chef a traveling chef company that specializes in meal prep cater meals and private events developing comfort food tastes with amazing flavors creating memories one bite at a time visit may I personal chef at may dot business dot site
2: man some vittles that's that's great feed feed me you know what I'm saying? Time to, yeah, time to
3: get time to get the the samples and uh, Chef Mays. We need you to uh, you know we we need to spread for the podcast.
2: Yeah, go ahead and send that.
3: Yeah, go ahead and send that to us ASAP.
1: I want some food. <laughs> no
3: well, all right, man. We're going to get an, into um, covering the the tournaments from last weekend. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with the Saudi International Tournament. And then we'll go ahead and get into the waste management uh, um, tournament as well. So, um, the Saudi International tournament uh, different hours for a lot of us. I don't know if any of y'all were watching any any of the um, any of the live coverage, but uh, a lot of the highlights was crazy. Um, Dustin Johnson won uh, with a fifteen under, and then um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but the, if you could, did, let's talk about the 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 moment in time when he actually almost killed somebody. Um, with that with
2: that uh with that shot. Hey that he's not the only one. You know, there's I'm sure all of us in this group have been close to uh taking a few people out, you know, on teeing off, but his was epic because he got a hold of that thing and it took off and down goes frazier You saw a person just <laughs> go ahead and said, <laughs> just took frazier. it. Took it yes,
4: I I can't lie, and I didn't see it live, but when Emich sent it to me, I'm in my office, and I'm in a meeting, I'm listening to my boss talk, and I watch it, and I laughed out loud because he fell, like, boop, boop, sniper down, like, oh, man. You know, that
3: grass kind of hard, though. (laughs) It's crazy you said the sniper piece because over the weekend, man, when I saw that, I was watching it on Twitter – when I saw it happen, like when I saw like the highlight of it. But at the crazy part is that on, on the TV, I was watching an, um, this crazy special on JFK. So when you said sniper, man, when it hit, when that You're ball, hit that that. Dude, it, it looked like someone shot it, man. It for
4: did. Real. Cause you saw the tee shot and the ball leave and you saw it going, but you really didn't like see the ball, but you saw the dude and right when the ball hit him. You just said back, back, back,
1: just
3: down. All right. Man down.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. Is it was a volunteer that was just working at the course?
3: Yeah, it was like a ropes
4: dude, like you know, when they tell people to stand back, but with nobody out there. But yeah, he <laughs> took one for the team, he <laughs> took one for the team. I,
1: I mean, they that he's lucky because I feel like that one lady that got hit by was that a uh, was that Deschambeau a few years ago? Yeah, a couple years ago. Man, that whole lady's eyeball exploded. <laughs> she could still see now. Not out that eye. That <laughs> eye is gone.
4: We have research that. that. Is- With the research that, but I no, know no, it's didn- gone. I know she didn't see that ball coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 and I feel like De- or might have picked up the eye and not the ball.
2: You like...
4: see, you're wrong, you wrong. Come on.
0: Come on. Okay,
4: we need to revisit editing some people's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, now she a pirate.
0: <laughs> hey, it was kind of cold blooded
1: though, because like, I mean, he didn't know at the time how bad the damage was. I think he just gave her his glove. He was like, "Hey, man." Sorry about your eye. Here's a glove and kind of yeah, that's yeah, the norm.
4: Yeah, that's the norm.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, if I if I'm losing an eyeball on a golf course, I want a little bit more than a golf.
4: Yeah, course. We, we go on the court for that. That's. that's
1: no, a, no, you, you sign a, golf a golf waiver course. to be on yeah. the court.
4: You go to a golf course and you hit a ball and hit a house. We talked about it before. What you gonna do?
3: But it's an eye, man. Like. <laughs> it's different, man. It's an eye. I can't see no more, man. We're going to have to figure out a different way to, to square up on that one. We have seeing eye
4: dogs. Oh, shit. <laughs> ASL. You learn sign language. It was scary, man. That lady's eye exploded. It was wow. You, oh. a, you act like it was a bomb or something. You make it a little
1: bit worse, but yeah. okay. Well, That's going to be on the next Faces of Death series. It might be, man.
3: So speaking of, man, we're going to get into the waste management <laughs> and talk about the tournament of the People's Open um, where Brooks Koepka. Um, and I just want to point out that uh, Eric, E. Mitch, uh, you did have this picked. You did uh you did mention Brooks was gonna win. So um I have to give you some props on that. And uh I just have to say that, that uh he hit a, an eagle shot from about ninety-seven uh ninety-seven feet out. Um I mean not ninety seven feet, but that was about ninety seven yards out and uh just an amazing shot. So uh E you wanna you wanna just get into it about the waste management and, and talk about why you picked Brooks?
2: Well, I mean he he missed a few cuts leading up to that tournament. Yeah. And people were talking about him, you know, just like they they build up everybody else and they want to talk in the media if the, if you're not living up to their hype, right? So so I think Brooks came out there and he just played his game, right? Like he was quiet the first few days, like he was doing this thing, you know, making this noise. He wasn't like Xander, you know, Xander was out there I'm
4: not going to say nothing yet. <laughs> okay. All right.
2: So he was out there getting it and everything, but the field, like you got to think about leading into Sunday, there was maybe two strokes between maybe 10, 12 players, and there were some great players. You know, you had Jordan Spieth, who we haven't heard from Jordan in a long, long time. Brother has <laughs> been missing his, you know, everything, and then all of a sudden he just showed up. I don't know if he was out there hanging out uh, with the with the, the patrons
4: backyard. Smelling the food cooking. Yeah, you so don't be in the house conversating with everybody else.
2: So I mean, I I just knew Brooks could could do it, but uh, I mean, he did have some help because the people at top were were faltering a little bit, but he came back from five back. So um, I'm pretty impressed on that.
3: Yeah, he did good, man. I will, you know, I will say that you know, and, and watching on Saturday, it looked like the tournament was changing, right? Because Jordan Spieth took off. Um, but you know, when, when you got to Sunday, man, you, you really see where people are at and you, you start to see the difference and you start to see where people are executing more. And when I think about it, I look at the water on 17 that took out, you know, it took out two at the top. Um, you know, those guys were all right there, bunched up. And the most, uh, the man who took the most of that opportunity was Brooks, man.
4: Um, Personally, because we all know I said Xander was going to be on fire. Mm -hmm. And he was on fire for three and a half, three and three quarter days. Mm -hmm. And I can't say Brooks kept one net besides that chip that was just ridiculous. No one would have called that or saw it. But I mean, I remember Tiger saying when he plays golf, Friday, you post a good score. Saturday, you try and move a little bit more. I mean, yeah. Thursday, you post a good score. Friday, you try to move a little more so, moving day. Sunday, you try and hold your lead unless something happens. Xander had it all. He one stroke. He didn't get enough birdies. And E Mitch, I'll give it to you because you said Will he falter on the on the last day, and he did because he didn't get enough. He needed three birdies to have no problem about
3: anybody else. He kept everybody else in that tournament, which was crazy. But he had an amazing shot on his last shot that came <laughs> close enough yes. to actually like tie and push the playoff. Sure. Yes, and I thought they it were gonna go to the playoffs. Yeah, it was it was close. It was close. I didn't
4: I didn't think and I still don't think I I don't want to say overrated, but I think Sprook Kepler is a little bit hyped up. I mean, he doesn't win enough as much as he talks. He talks mess to everybody. True. E Mitch, you didn't see me. You didn't send me memes and things like that. He talks a lot, but he doesn't win enough to talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I was shocked that when you put him up there to win, but then he won. But Xander's still my boy. So I'm you know, man.
3: you bring up a good point though, because I'm—I mean, when I looked at when I watched the last couple of tournaments, um, I got a question for y'all. And it's just something that you know just that popped in the head um, when watching these tournaments. But you know, should life have a confidence cam like they do in golf? You know, so like when you see a dude hit, uh, you know, a birdie and he feels like he's on top of the world, or an eagle shot and he really feels like he's on top of the world, and then they go and slice and hit a water shot the next shot right at the tee. So do you, you know, what would it be like if life had a, a confidence cam?
4: I don't know about the confidence cam. I know it's the happy cam for me because they hit so many beautiful shots on tour. So many people. When they slice and hit in the water, I'm like, yes, I can make it.
2: (laughs) 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 At least the senior tour right now, I can make it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, that dude, Predator, he's like,
4: I can make it. I can make it. (laughs) I got a chance. So you're saying I have a chance?
2: Well, the tournament was overall good, right? Like it was different. They had not that many patrons, um, you know, and but they still had fun and everything, but I know that a lot of the players were missing the crowds. Um, they look forward to that. So, I I'm hoping um that, you know, next year we can, you know, everyone get vaccinated and be safe and we can all be out there to enjoy some tournaments together. So, Um, you know, you know
4: your your niece wants to go. Ashley wants to go with us. Oh no! Well,
2: I mean, she's young, so shout out to her. You know, go. Well, she
4: said because all the men out there, I'm like, well, you can't have that with your big uncle and your big
2: cousin. Is not, yeah.
1: We have to be sober enough, long enough to protect her, though
2: yep exactly so yeah, we'll we'll have to discuss that we'll discuss this tournament again next year this you had a part in that we'll get your perspective uh on the next wasted episode let's roll into the uh <laughs> a- at&t pebble beach pro-am right so it's a uh, pebble beach california um, it's two courses we got the pebble beach golf links it's uh 70 51 yards so it's a par 72 and then we have spyglass golf course which is seventy forty one, and it's a par 72 and the purse is uh 7.8 million dollars um so who are your guys's picks for this week's pro-am let's start with you vish
1: um I am gonna go with. Uh, how, how is Paul Casey playing?
2: Uh, I mean, did you just say Paul Casey? Yes, he did. Yeah, no,
1: why not? Okay.
2: Um, I mean,
4: yeah, he he might be okay. If you don't know how he's playing, then you know how he's
1: playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, actually, I'm gonna give it to Jordan Speed because Jordan Speed's in the field for this one.
2: Actually Paul yeah, he Casey had pre- would... He's
1: had a pretty good out and he had the fourth finish at the at the waste management, why not? I'll okay. go with Jordan Speed. That's my that's put a pin in it.
2: Okay. I uh, got you there. What about you, Booga?
1: Well, I'm going with Jordan Speed from the
4: get-go, unlike some people Casey. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I had a split between <laughs> Jordan Speed, <laughs> Jordan Speed, and Jason Day. Something something's telling me Waste management helped Jason Day out a lot, work on his swing and his shot shaping and pebble beach really plays good for him. So I think he'll be okay. But my sleeper, you ready for this? Harold Varner the <laughs> third. I think this course sets up perfect for him and his shaping of the ball and his patience. So I think Harold Varner the third is going to put it down It being a the top five, at least. Is that that dude that looked like sea pipes? That's no, him. I'm done with you.
2: That's him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, sugar, what, what's your picks? You know,
3: uh, after those, man, after that last comment, man, I got to gather myself here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I actually like Jason day too. I think that he's going to start to get right. Um, and I think that, you know, he was, a you know, he's actually had a, a good run at Pebble Beach. He's been previous runner-up, and I think that he's got a good chance. I um, also um, i have i have a, a sleeper, and then a guy who I would like to see do better. All right, my sleeper is Phil Mickelson. We haven't seen Phil play in a minute. He's in the field, and I think that uh, he's, he's on that senior playing. tour.
4: That's why the
3: champion. Well, I think, I think he's got a chance. I think he's got a chance to go out here and, and show these young cats what's up. But then um, I'd also like to see Ricky Fowler play better. He's missed some cuts, and I think golf is better when he's he's doing good.
1: Hey, you don't think that man's rheumatoid arthritis commercials is catching up with him? (laughs) Phil? (laughs) Yeah.
3: And did you see him out there with Barkley? If Phil can get Barkley to play better – Man, I'm 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 a root for I'm a roofer, Phil, man. Okay, like you him. you can get Barkley to play better. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. I'm just saying it, the the match was the ma- I won some money on the match, so I appreciate Phil. That's why I'm I'm gonna give him some kudos. Okay. Some okay. Game. So
1: I I hope he I hope he does well.
2: So I'm, When
3: do
1: they tell the celebrities? When do they when do they announce the celebrities playing? They're not, I don't think no,
3: they're having this no yet. celebrities,
2: all- no spectators, Art. no nothing. No, I'm a, either. Just pros. Yeah. Just pro.
1: Well, then how are they calling it a pro-am?
4: Because it's just the name of the tournament, man. Yeah, it's the name of the tournament, man. And FYI, on this point, my number one pick was Dustin Johnson, DJ. But he withdrew. And they haven't said why yet, but he said he had to go home for some personal reasons. But he was my pick for the win.
3: Got to go get that back.
4: Yeah,
2: son, I feel you. At at you
4: down too? <laughs> <laughs> Two bottom screens. Get it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, my picks are. Um, I think I'm gonna take uh, Jason Day, and then I'm along with Booga on the Harold Varner train. It just sets up for him, and he's been playing well, and he's been been sneaky, and uh, he's Team Jordan. He always has the fly fly shoe wear on, yeah, but he he's been confident. He's been playing um and so um he has a lot of respect out in the field um so I'm looking forward to that but I wouldn't be mad if Jordan Spieth got in there Jason Day got in there you know it's it's cool so any of those guys would 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 be great so
1: Image, do you think we can get Barner to come on the show and say What about the baby? (laughs) (laughs) We we, we probably have a good chance to give him the show.
4: Don't know if he's going to say that out loud. Yeah,
2: I don't know if he's going to sing the What About the Baby remix. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Um.
4: On a a side note with Varner, he he's his game's changing. I think he's going to be so much better in the second half of his career. Than most think. I think he's just taking them get a little bit while to get used to the tour and getting the stuff together. But I think he's gonna second half of his tour. Like when he gets in his thirties, forties, he's gonna be killing it.
2: So speaking of uh, Varner, since he's an African American, hey, let's transition into our diversity um, item of the week. And so we all checked out this uh, Muni um, documentary by Calloway and um kind of went through um you know some African Americans and what they went through playing golf. Um it was really touching actually to see um really motivating um just it it, it touched me personally because of to to see something like that in Black History Month and and to do all that, but the the fashion was killing it with the froze and how they was cold blooded out there on the course and stuff. So, want to you get your thoughts, your your guys' thoughts on on the Muni and make sure uh, everyone listening to us go ahead and check that out. So, yeah, go go check that out. On um, you can see it on YouTube.
3: Uh, just type in um, Muni Stories from a Public Golf Course, and it really kind of walks you through that that story. And I think what the one thing that resonated with me is the fact that, you know, the, these gentlemen were talking about how the game of golf gave them a better life. You know, when they were, you know, coming up, they, they might've you know, seen a lot of their people, you know, a lot of their friends and family go into jobs where they were very low paying um, where they worked a lot of hours and they, they, the result wasn't is it wasn't a good life. They're in a factory. They're in some kind of dark place cleaning somebody's house. Right. I mean, think about that in in back in the day, but these guys had an opportunity to not make a lot of money, but they lived a good life on the golf course and they learned how to play the game of golf. And it actually helped them in life because they were able to hustle later on and make money. So to me, I think that's what resonated the most. And one of my man that my man was in there and he was talking about, you know, I didn't have a lot of money but he said the first clubs that I went out and bought was a pair of, of Northwestern clubs. And I said, Northwestern clubs. Yeah, I went to my golf bag, man. And that's my first set of golf. My, my first set of golf clubs was Northwestern. So <laughs> for me, it, you know, I felt a real connection to this story and um, it just meant a lot to me. And I'm glad we got to talk about it today. So, you know, get, let's get some other thoughts here. Uh, uh,
4: to me, and when I watched it, what resonated with me was the hidden history. The hidden history is like you don't hear these stories of us being younger growing up. We don't hear these stories in 30, late 30s, 40s now, almost hitting 50. You don't it shouldn't take this long for hear stories like this for our people. Cause to me, you don't hear when Blacks were playing golf and they were caddies and got to sneak, they had caddy day and play golf and sneak out there when they had to and learn the game of golf and be great. It's that hidden history that touches my heart knowing that we have more out there that we still have to discover within ourselves. And it's, it's just been so touching just to watch it. And it's, it's a great thing to me
1: yeah i i love that uh the the whole concept of the hidden history um you know there was a movie that came out a few years ago called hidden figures it talked about the the african-american women that did the math they were the calculators um to get the space shuttle up and watching uh, these african-american brothers that really they pioneered the way for for folks like you or i to get out there and actually be able to participate and play in this sport um and mind you and it's probably no different than anything else. Like we, we as, a, as a people, as a culture, and this is true of all cultures, we leverage sport in a lot of ways to escape from the realities of the outside world. So to the, to the extent that they were able to go into the sport and to participate, even despite Jim Crow and, and people being just you know, downright uh, rude and putting them down and trying to hold them back. And they were still able to get out there and, and enjoy the space and and give themselves respite from the from the world around them that was huge. And then that we get to hear about that and and share that story with the next generation. I mean hell, just for me to hear it, right? It empowers me. Uh, much less being able to take that and give it to my daughter or give it to my son, uh, to take them to the next level. I mean it was it was pretty beautiful. It was it was really touching. It was, I don't know, it made you just go, hmm, like, you know. And the I home. think the,
3: the, the best thing that we can do is, is to take that experience right and, and to, to, to carry it on, to move it forward, to introduce new people to not only like life, these are life teaching moments, right? These are things that, that people went through so that we can have a better life. like you know, what like each one of you said, I think that it um, you know it, if we do not carry it forward, we're doing something wrong. Agree. That's, that's all of our duty,
4: and that's it. And
3: this show's about golf,
4: but no matter what you do, what you say, golf is a a sport of self and discipline and honesty. And you take those core values of golf and teach your kids, teach your friends who didn't play before, and bring them on. And they might not play golf, but they still get instilled what integrity means when it comes to golf and trans transform that into your daily life especially as a black person a black man woman a minority it's a little bit different sometimes living day to day and you need those things to hold on to like no matter what anybody says i know my true core of integrity and honesty and trustworthiness is always going to be pure
2: well there- and and we should transition that Right. That there's a lot of sports like golf, hockey, tennis. There's a lot of minority influence that have popped into those sports that we didn't know about growing up. Like you take hockey, for instance, for example, we got Willie O'Ree, right, man, I would have never known. Right. And you look at the list like if you go and you Google black players in the NHL, I was blown away. Could not believe it, right? Lindsey Vaughn's boyfriend, you know, is, you know, the known hockey player out there right now, you know, and, and, well, her, her ex now, from what I'm hearing or understand, but, uh, you know, you, you know, ride through him, ride through them. Yeah, it, it happens. Okay, bitch, bitch, you got a chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you got a chance? i always got a chance. Hey, E, before, before you jump right quick, I just want to say there was one thing that stood out for me in the Muni thing with Cortez Baker when he said, you know, he went out on the course, and he practiced, and he took notes, and then he was going to come back out the next day and see what he learned. Like, that just stood up for me in such an impressive way. I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's what life is all about. You go out there, you try, and then you, you, you take note of what you learned, what you did well, what you didn't do well, and you try to uh, apply it to the next space. And then that's that, true of hockey as
3: well. Any sport, someone did their homework. <laughs> it's bridging the gap. It's bridging the gap, man. Because I think those, you know, the those those stories, man, are so powerful, and these guys are so powerful. And I think even if you look at like, um, you know, the, go out and that's what we want y'all to do. We want you to go and have a homework assignment for um all of our listeners. Go out there and research, you know, who was the first black whatever, right, photographer, you know, um. Baker, chef, banker, um, you know, um, musician, whatever that is, go out there and research that. Whatever your passion is, and go out there and find something that you didn't find out about somebody that you didn't know, and and um, tell somebody else about that story. I think that's the power in in um, in, in what we all can do personally. Well, and y'all want to
1: hear something really funny? Sure. Is Mr. O'Ray, he played with one eye too?
2: Okay, stop. one eye. To
4: blind. He was blind in one eye. He, was he just, <laughs> He's
0: and
4: trying he, to bring he, back the lady who got hit with the eye and the ball, bro. I'm trying to stop. <laughs>
3: <But> just think, <laughs> just think about this man. Just think about this man. Not only was he, not only was he an African American playing a white sport, but he was blind in one eye, and he was good enough to be out there. Just imagine if the man had two good eyes. He yes. might have been one of the greatest ever. But who knows? What
4: gets me, and I want to thank you, E, because you you put this on us with the NHL. Well, you sent it to me, and that's why I knew. And looking at the stats, so in the seventies there were five black players. Nineties went to about fifteen. The nineteen nineties, and that's us growing up. There was like twenty-two players. That played hockey that were black and I had no clue. And in two thousand, there's two. What made it drop? And I don't know if it's location well, or accessibility, but to know that we had such an influence back in the day and it fell off.
3: Well, I think I think you bring up a good point. I think that that you know that everybody wants to go play football. Everybody wants to go play basketball. Everybody wants those. You know, it's baseball. It, it's the It's the it's the big pay sports. But I will tell I always tell kids this man. If you want to do something that's different, go find an individual sport. You could be great at golf. You could be one of the best golfers ever. If you go practice, you could be an individual tennis player. Colleges are looking for kids that can play tennis, golf, these sports that they cannot recruit for. So if kids are smart, if minority kids are smart, doesn't matter what color you are. Minority kids are smart you would go and find
2: an individual sport where you can go and make, make an impact and communities get out there and help your kids, man. Like if they need help getting these equipment and stuff, because golf is expensive. Hockey is expensive. Tennis can be expensive. Um, If these kids need lessons and everything like that, you know um, I know there's a couple of companies out there like golf gents and stuff that want to give back and help kids um, get out there and help, you know, they got programs like the first tee and stuff like that help them you know let's push these kids into all kind of sports besides dribbling and running the ball like we can we can play everything
4: the number one unused scholarship for minorities in case y'all didn't know is women's golf number one like it was like seven percent scholarships are used out of a hundred percent that's and sad aj to all of
3: our female listeners Get your kids involved in golf, AJ. Yeah. If you're listening, my my daughter, free, free
2: please. education, please, daughter. Free. Get a scholarship in golf, please, yeah. daughter.
1: Hey, yeah. Boogie, man, you got me. You got me like really, really thinking over why would the numbers have gone down from nine from the 90s to the 2000s. I,
4: and I thought about it too before we came on the show when Emed sent me the stuff.
1: <clears throat> and I know
4: certain sports, and I try not to take it there, and I. It it comes up because it's life. But, I mean, certain sports are more racially biased. But then it threw me when I see the numbers during our history of racist years, the more racist racist years of lynchings and hangings and things like that, there were more players than they are now. And to only have two in 2000 just threw me off, and I couldn't – I can't – I don't have an answer. couldn't fathom why Well, I, it had to be accessibility.
3: I think it's accessibility. And I think that there was also that baseball kind of took a, there was a larger increase of African-Americans that, that had an interest in baseball.
4: Well, I thought about to, that too, but when you think baseball, I think minority. So that's Cuba, Dominican Republic,
1: yeah. things
4: like that. Cause we don't have a lot of black U S born players playing baseball when you count the numbers to dominicans and cubans so and i'm thinking now do we move thousands. out the north out it the snow
3: yeah <laughs> well, and i think you you have you had a migration too you know you um you know people did you know um i think and, and you look at the bigger things that kind of happened in you know in the 2000s too i think you know um just like with this pandemic people are moving from their traditional places to places where they want to be. And I think that a lot some of that same thing happened maybe after nine 11 um, where you had people that moved a, away from a lot of, met, you know, uh, your normal Metro areas, Hurricane Katrina. I think you had, you know, th- things like that, I think have a large impact on, on our communities because the people that are, they have to be uprooted and go away from where they normally were and where they kind of had roots. And, and that's think, what
4: threw me, because when I look at the stats, so the 70s, we had five. 80s, we jumped. 90s, we jumped, which none of us probably knew that we had so many black people playing in the 90s in hockey. Then it fell 99% in 2000 to two people.
1: That's just, it was just. That's crazy, man. That's, yeah. a, I mean, God. that's, I, I. the only thing that comes to mind is you know, the, the 2000s were certainly the year of Tiger. So do you see those children that were in these more affluent schools maybe moving these uh, ethnic children in more affluent schools? Because again, it's not like hockey's being played in non-affluent schools, right? It's, it's mostly affluent schools. It's mostly schools to the north. Um, were, they, were they gravitating to hockey, right? Like, is there a correlation between the increase there was it uh, an outward reduction in college camp- colleges um, recruiting African American kids that played in those sports? Because again, a-, a lot of hockey. And I don't, I don't know this for certain, but I believe new that-
4: scholarships like females mm-hmm. golf.
1: Right, right. You know, so like that—that that would be a really interesting. I'd want to get the free economics guys to come look at yeah. something like that. I
3: have a so question funny. for you guys because I think a lot of, and, and it's just a question, but do you think that? Um, you know, the, the entertainment industry could have had an influence um, on maybe, you know, push, you know, pushing kids to maybe try different sports. Right. So what I mean by that is you had a large push for, for kids to be playing um, all these different sports. Right. So maybe the, maybe the focus wasn't so much on, um, you know, these non-traditional sports for African Americans. I mean, I'm just, just throwing it out there.
4: I'll go real quick, but I think it's all based on regional. I don't think it's media or anything like that. But if like me and Eric, we grew up on football, basketball. Our family said you play two sports no matter what. And you can have some extracurricular stuff. Mine was skateboarding, as he knows, but football and basketball. I was never introduced to golf, never introduced to hockey. And we lived in Colorado. There's a lot of snow and ice there never introduced to skiing unless when I lived in Germany with my father when we got stationed there but things like that you aren't introduced to so I think it's more of the regional thing and what your family can afford to introduce you to
3: And what I mean by the entertainment piece is like like when when uh, when you get a sports team right when the sports teams come in the area like for for uh, in the in the Denver area when we finally got a professional hockey team I think that's when it changed. But when I also think back, like pop culture, um, the Mighty Ducks, they had a long run of movies. And I'm not trying to bring up, you know, just the the comical part of the movie. But I think when you when you think about, you know, what are what's being put in mainstream media and what people are seeing, um, you know, I, 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 you know, did that influence anything?
1: Reg, that's actually that's that might be really insightful, because when you look at the Mighty Ducks squad, that was actually a fairly diverse team as hockey teams go like you didn't get that kind of diversity anywhere else in the sport so yeah man like i could just see some little some little african-american kid or hispanic kid in a neighborhood watching the mighty ducks i want to be like emilio estevez and and saying like let me go play the sport emilio (laughs) but how do you
4: intro? how does the media introduce that when in 2000 you only got two black people truth
1: well, that's just it. Is The Mighty Ducks is
4: a 90s, is a 90s series. Yeah, the 90s had a lot of people, so you think it would have pumped in, but yeah, 2000s, you can't say, we're going to pump out a lot of commercials with these two black people and were they stars, like right. the Jordans and Kobe's and LeBrons.
1: I mean, there was a black dude on, uh, was he a Bruin? I think he played for the Bruins also or gangster. he played for Yes, he's yes, he a
4: gangster. He still plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that dude two was, black people.
1: was beast mode. Yeah, same two black people.
3: About, one of the two black people. About the same dude who's, uh, you're talking about um, Saban or what Saban or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. You will never see it, that
1: dude in commercials.
3: Not here, but in Canada, you do, I guess. Does he speak you. Canadian? He's yes, he a,
1: does. It's
3: not Canadian, but <laughs> <laughs> come on. Got a bit of a, he's got a bit of an accent, he does. Yeah.
4: Depends on where you live in Canada, what you speak, so you know.
1: Fair enough. He might speak French
3: yes i work i work with a guy from he's a black dude and he's uh born and raised in canada man and yeah it's amazing to talk to him man because he has a totally different perspective on kind of uh but he yeah he he knows he knows a lot about hockey man and he was like he's uh he even said that a lot of hockey players man they're 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 avid golfers as well
1: yeah one of my best friends from high school was a hockey player and then i slapped him and said you need to play basketball well, okay. What is
3: wrong with you? Uh, and
4: on Taki that, hockey
2: translates to golf real easy, just with you, Rob. I'm um, business, and business got problems. And on that um, note, um, you know, let's just say we need to get more minorities into these other sports, um, yeah. and helping these kids and stuff, but. It also brings me to think, like the fashion in that in that Muni story was like they were looking good and had their skin looking good and everything, and out in the they sun and stuff. Meets was out. They chest me but you got to have protection, and for your eyes only has that protection. Let's hear from them.
0: Hey, golfer, gals, and gents, this is Ashley Knight, founder and owner of For Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Plan on hitting the links? Then you need sunscreen. 80% of all skin aging comes from the sun. So protect yourself while you're on the green with Image Skin Care, available only through a trusted esthetician like me. When I'm outdoors, my go-to sunscreen is the Prevention Plus Daily Ultimate Protection Moisturizer, SPF 50. A friend of this podcast is a friend of mine. So enter a coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout and you will receive 20% off your order. Again, enter coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout to receive 20% off all orders you can find us at www.youreyesonlyaesthetics.com. Again, that's www.youreyesonly, E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com.
2: And that's how it goes. I like to look good and be safe out there. So I know you guys like music out on the course. You know, it, it's kind of changed on the in the golf world um, as far as, you know, people playing music on the course and stuff like that. But you know, the the world of golf is changing, and so um, at don't be alarmed. We're Negroes. We like to uh, add to your golf playlist. So um, here's something that you probably want to play in the afternoon because it's a little tough on it. But uh, this is SKG featuring Sugar Free, and the song is called Breakem
0: want to wife me yo get your dough get your cash all bad bitches in the club yeah. shaking ass, ass. yeah Get your dough, get your cash All bad bitches in the club yeah. shaking ass
2: she, she knew a sucker ducker She had a mask on, I cut a hole in it And she sucked my dick through yeah. the It's a quarter to nine And honestly, I feel uncomfortable Letting a bitch do my hair when her hair's shorter yeah. than mine on. See, this my job, Pete. And I'm gonna keep my foot on a bitch's neck Nigga, if time yeah. don't rob me can free the man Ooh. Bitch, Rosie Palm and her five sisters feel better than your pussy That's yeah. my hand Hey, Brian J, they close the spot Ooh. If you fucking a bitch and she have a season on you, homie, you yeah, better stop it. Uh, uh, plenty drama. Ooh. A bitch you ever fart in her sleep? The homie said, nah, I said you
0: did take it or yeah, anything.
2: Yeah. What have you done for me lately, bitch? The bitch talking about I'm gonna have my cake and eat it too. Wrong yeah. bakery, bitch. Huh. <laughs> Mention her now. Can everybody say Bumblebee tuna? Pussy stunk so bad, brought my core yeah yeah. To yeah, I could have had your nigga, he be all up in my DM. Wanna fight me out, begging
0: me to yeah. come and see him.
2: S-K-G. Cold bloody cut. Cold bloody cut. He,
0: bloody. Threw me
4: off. he threw me off with the bumblebee tuna. Not gonna say the rest. Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. That bumblebee tuna. It's
2: a jam. If you, if you want the clean version, get that out there. But we're an adult show, so sorry about that.
3: Yeah, Sugar Free is a real one.
2: And it's like that.
3: That's right. So we're gonna go into the next section. Um, this is uh, called Who Are We Hating On this hey, week. Hey, hey,
2: hey, hey, Hey,
3: hey, hey. I'll get it started by saying that uh, That was probably the worst Super Bowl Halftime show I've ever seen in my entire life um, It was horrible And the weekend's performance was just another Weekday So you might <laughs> That's cold-blooded but that's how I feel about it um, The nigga looked like he was Lost running through uh, Some kind of a crazy-ass maze On a on a bad Halloween set you so, never
4: been lost before?
3: <laughs> um Hey, that brother need to find himself. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but that's that's what I'm hating on this week. I think they could have, you know, definitely could have had a better Super uh, Super Bowl uh, halftime show. in the world can always uh, stand more Shakira. <laughs> 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 Business, what you hating on?
1: <laughs> man, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm hating on my girlfriend. She ate too much. Almost bust her pants.
2: Oh, oh. Oh oh oh!
1: oh. <laughs> wow!
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can you elaborate on that, or will that get you sleeping on the
1: couch? No, uh, man. For, so no, no. We actually talked about this beforehand. I told her I was gonna say it. She was like, "I was, I was given permission." Let's not get it twisted. Uh, but I made, I made Super Bowl meal. I did four kinds of wings. I did a honey hot. I did a lemon, pe- lemon pepper. I did uh old, old fashioned. Uh, Red hot. I put that shit on everything. Uh, buffalo sauce, and then I did a uh, and then I did a, a honey mustard barbecue. And I looked over, and like thirty wings later, she was still going. I'm like, "What are you doing?
3: You got any left, She's like, baby? I
1: ate too much. I think I'm gonna blow a button." And I was just like, "Ooh, that ain't a good look, love. That ain't a good look." Mm, mm,
4: mm. <laughs> yeah. But did you still get some loving?
1: Always. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She <laughs> don't cook. Like, that's
4: not don't complain
1: when you throw down in the kitchen. I thought hard to. It's hard to run away from that.
3: Mm. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Cooking, you know, cooking to love. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> cooking to love. That's that South Park chef. <laughs> type yeah. of Stuff right there. <laughs> Yikes. Fun. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we
4: allowed to say that on TV? I have to say, <clears throat> I know last week I hated on relationships and. My golf time. Old girl kind of got on me kind of mad, but you know me. I do me. Keep it sexy. This week, I'm hating on them badass kids. I, I apologize. Let me stick. Selfish-ass kids. My child <laughs> used to work at a place that made these nice pretzels. I'm not going to say the name. And they had good pretzels. The jalapeno pretzel with the dog. Okay, wetzel pretzels. Never brought me nothing. She quit her job, went to Krispy Kreme, and ain't brought me no donuts yet. Selfish ass kids hating on them. That's cold-blooded, man. We gotta cut them loose. Exactly. But she keeps asking me for money every week. What a job.
2: <laughs> I'm hating. <laughs> On this cold ass weather in Colorado, because we're in bipolar season, and I would like to swing my clubs so that we can get out there and, and play a few holes. But it, it's it's going to be a while. I think this morning it was ten degrees. It was a little brisk putting that trash out, and this weekend the high on Saturday is fourteen. So I'm hating on this weather. I need to get back to my golf game. So we need I'm spring hating on
4: your weather too. Being in San Diego, <laughs> that's just sad. <laughs>
2: okay now we
3: cutting diamonds
2: rather be you know hitting the club (laughs) yes sir.
3: (laughs) not a good
4: look
2: hey vish so uh yes sir yes sir before we wrap up um last week we went through a back nine with booga myself and sugar and uh since you're the new guest i'm gonna ask you nine questions and you throw out a quick answer so we can wrap up but uh if you could turn any shoe into a golf cleat, what would it be?
1: Uh, I would turn my. Um... Oh, that's a good question. I would, prob- I would probably turn my. Um...
0: You know, he said uh, real uh, quick, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I had to think about it for a second because this is an important question. This is a really, really important question. Yeah, it probably it, actually it'd probably be my uh my Ted Bakers. They've got like the two tone brown, they're uh what are Baroque the, style, like, put pleats like on the cakes.
4: What happened? What are tip te- pro bakers? What is all like pro no, kids? Ted Bakers. They're like pro cabs? No, no, they're a dress shoe. Oh, okay. No,
3: they're like multi they're like uh they're like leather and then they have might have a pattern on them.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah,
2: yeah my yeah. would bakers.
1: Like an yeah. upscale penny loafer? No. Yeah, baby. upscale lace <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. okay.
2: Okay. Hey, what's your favorite, favorite beverage while on the course?
1: Oh, tequila. You know this.
2: Yeah, I just thought I'd ask. Uh, what's your favorite club in your bag?
1: Five iron. I think it's the right length for me.
2: What's the lowest score you shot? And what's your highest? And did you lie about either one of them?
1: Uh, my lowest score was a one hundred and three, and no, I didn't lie because what? Like, who lies to give wait, a one hundred and three?
4: Your lowest score of all time is one hundred and three, yeah. and your dad was a golf pro.
1: Father in law was a golf oh. pro. Yeah, I didn't say I was a good student. Right, you're right. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then my highest. Oh Lord. Um. Yeah, too many. Okay, my highest is too many.
2: I'll take that. Have you ever broken a club on the course, and how did it happen?
1: Last year, I threw a tree, uh, a nine iron into a tree. It didn't break though. I didn't throw it very hard. But then I came back and I hold a thirty yarder, same hole. You were there for that. Yep, that's
3: true. From violence to silence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I threw the nine iron, and then I grabbed the pitching wedge and I hold it from thirty yards out.
2: Have you ever hit a house? And did you run or explain?
1: I I ran while explaining, <laughs> like running. Like it's not my fault. <laughs> did I do that? <laughs> it ain't my
2: fault. <laughs> um, what's the wildest? It was like thing? two. It was like
1: two blocks in, two to the neighborhood. It wasn't on the course. It was in the neighborhood.
2: Yikes! You you're going. Oh, that's
1: to- when you just keep playing normal. Like that wasn't
4: me. Did you? Shoot- would
3: you? Did you have a potato gun?
4: Like what, what are you... <laughs> No, that was at his favorite club, Five Iron, just went shank. <laughs> no, I think I did that
1: straight driver. <laughs> nice.
2: Uh, what's one of the wildest things you've seen on the golf course?
1: Uh, some crazy dude in Parham, Nevada doing donuts and throwing himself from the passenger side of a cart. That was you. That's
2: you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what, are you what are you talking about? That was you. <laughs> that was crazy (laughs) there was that time where I was like hey your eyes look good but how your teeth look she had a mask on
2: Yikes!
4: (laughs) remember that one time (laughs) in band camp
2: (laughs) (laughs) what um, so have you ever hit into a a group in front of you or someone in front of you and did it lead to an altercation um, or no
1: no no again golf etiquette is something that i was brought up on like you, you you wait to hit you lift your feet when you're on the green you don't twist your heels or anything like that and ruin the, and ruin the yard etiquette was strong with this one like the force
2: oh okay and uh last question what's your dream course to play at
1: my dream course to play at huh um i'd love to play i'd love to play the augusta i mean i've pl- I played some pretty fancy ones i said earlier i played wingfoot uh i played uh what's that one in la jolla um uh, boogaloo uh tory pines tory pines i played tory <laughs> that's a city course it's not that great except for uh, a little i little time. mean there's the nude beach off the off the, the north one blacks beach yes yeah, 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 that it's, wasn't very
4: you nice. You hit your ball over <laughs> it's, there? It's not It's not nude like you think, bro. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. It's I mean, nude, but not Geographic. the people you want to see nakedness. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's why it's like more National Geographic than it is. Hey,
2: exactly. Hey, Augusta, if you ever hear this, hey, send send us Negroes a few tickets or passes so we can come out there and enjoy, maybe play around or come watch. So that's that's Master- a shout out there.
3: Can we get a sample of that master's menu?
2: Yeah, for I have sure. a question.
3: As a
4: group, can we, because I know we ain't poor, us people on here right now. Next year, can we plan the trip to the motherland and play? I, and I mean the motherland of golf. Scotland? Like, like Scotland? Yes. Can we play them? Can we get out there?
2: That Are would y'all be allowed
4: to take trips, fellas trips?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just have to. I got. I got to get my passport right. You know, with this COVID, I let it expire. But oh, you, swear,
4: <laughs> you never get your passport expired. You never even know if you have to run, man. Yeah, that's well, true.
3: And I just didn't. I, I. It was expiring like right. It was expiring in in uh, this fall, man. And with COVID and all that, man. I'm. I'm gonna get back on it, but I'll just. Oh, it San wasn't. India, well, it, you it, keep it, it your
4: passport war. right in case you have to go to Mexico. War. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here
3: we. Here, we're, we ain't going nowhere. We, you know the the furthest country we going to around right here might be Nebraska.
2: Yep. <laughs> yes, sir. Nebraska. No.
1: Oh boy, I'm down. I want to go to Scotland. Okay,
2: well, I say we... another
1: shrimp on the Bobby. I'm down. That's not
2: wrong Scotland. country, player. <laughs> about, okay, oh my goodness. goodness.
4: <laughs> Eat, take us out. Hey,
2: uh, so booger. Uh, Tell us uh, where people can find you, and Vish, do the same.
4: You can find me on Instagram, NY to SD28. Um, Facebook is just Dominique Grant. You can find me, if you're in the right strip club, Big Sexy. You know, it just happens. Come out to San Diego, hit me up, and we can play some golf or get some drinks. I'm always here. Strip club, are you DJing, dancing? Or throwing the dollars. Come on, man. I'm getting the dollars thrown at me. That's why they call me Big Sexy.
1: <laughs> uh, Vimish, Vishnu, you can find me on Instagram at Louie Hot, uh, L O U I E H A U T E, at Louie Hot. That's where you can find this one. But how do you get your
4: name Louie Hot?
1: Man, it was a, a phase I was going through. I was, was like I was Louis Kiofis, but I didn't know how to spell Kiofis, <laughs> so I went with <laughs> so I went with hot H A U T E because I was like you know I try to be a little stylish with my sunglasses, hood, hood, hoodie here and you know whatever whatever.
3: Okay, And this Colorado version of sugar free uh, can be found at at Kalua K A L U A A seven eight on Twitter.
2: Yeah, and and you can hit up E Mitch on Instagram at Golf Gents. Or nerdy Gentlemen. Um, and make sure you follow the uh, "Don't Be Alarm" with Negroes on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and with yes, that, sir. we appreciate you coming. Thank you, guests, for jumping in here and having a good time and discussing all things in diversity, golf, sports, anything and everything. And so we will check you guys out next. Get week.
4: at you on the next episode. Yes, sir. Much, much love. love. On the beats, yeah. On the beats, yeah.
1: Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes.